The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. I always had a, a fire in my belly, this dream of writing, you know, of, of comedy writing specifically. Dave Letterman, you know, I loved and Saturday Night Live and, you know, Chris Rock, all of those, you know, Sandler, all of those uh, people when I was growing up who, you know, the laughter helps you get through a lot of tough times, you know, and I thought, and I knew I had a funny bone, you know, everybody, everybody told me I was funny all the time, but it's so hard to believe, Kelton, because you're in it all the time. And it's so hard for me to believe now. But I did. You, you have to just try to understand, I had no idea that there was an entertainment world. You know, I didn't know. I mean, I saw it, but the idea of a, a kid who grew up in Buffalo, New York, you know, I mean, I was born in a, you know, in an apartment above a hardware store in this little town in Buffalo called Lovejoy, which is an immigrant town. The idea of, hey, there's Hollywood or you could earn a good living doing what you love never occurred to me. And, you know, and that's why I uh, just started, started to pursue that dream. You know, you, you said, how did it start? It was just being, you know, kind of discouraged looking in the reflection thinking, I don't want to do this my whole life. I have nothing to, to lose by giving this a try. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am still your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Acclaimed TV and movie writer, Adam Lorenzo spoke to me about owning a college bar while still in college. His work ethic and what keeps him hustling pages, and his latest college survival guide, all I need to know, I learned from my college bar. Adam's a writer-producer who works in both live action and animation, who started as a joke writer, selling material to Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update, Jimmy Kimmel, and David Letterman, which resulted in his first staff writing job on The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, co-created and executive produced by Letterman. Other notable TV credits include Emmy-winning Everybody Loves Raymond, Are We There Yet, starring Terry Crews and Ice Cube, and Everybody Hates Chris, based on the life of Chris Rock. Before successfully pursuing his dream of being a writer, he owned a college bar while still a student at Syracuse University. The author's debut in publishing naturally is all I need to know. I learned from my college bar. A whimsical look at what Adam calls the valuable life lessons learned working and laughing with people from all over the world in that cathedral of knowledge known as a college bar. The self-described college survival guide is based on his life and has illustrations by Antonio Giovanni Pina of 
The New Yorker. In this file, Adam and I discussed how he faked and faxed his way into Dave Letterman's heart, why his writing career effectively ended his marriage, how a kid from Buffalo, New York made it in Hollywood, why he spent so much time at a little-known library at the Writers Guild of America, the Sicilian barber that got him his big break into sitcoms, my own college bar challenge, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. Okay, we are back on The Writer Files. I am honored today to be joined by an esteemed guest. I have the acclaimed uh, TV and movie writer-producer Adam Lorenzo is hanging out with us today. Man, I am excited to talk to you about all the things. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Very, very, very pumped. Okay, same, same. Um, I can't wait to talk all, all things writing and, of course, your first uh hilarious foray into publishing all i need to know i learned from my college bar which uh it, it really truly is a a font of wisdom is that a thing <laughs> it is now okay <laughs> but yeah i can't wait to talk about that and this really really fascinating and inspiring career path that you've had dating all the way back to owning a bar in college, which is a crazy story. Of course, we're going to get into that one. Mm-hmm. But um, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about this writing career. Kind of like, I mean, how you got into this LA comedy world, rubbing elbows with some kind of a who's who there of uh, not only late night television, but then going on to work with, yeah, some some big name talent there. But yeah, take us back a little bit and maybe describe that moment when you decided, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, make this foray into comedy writing you got you got it that's a that's a great place to start you know when i decided to to change my life and go for that dream and uh, before i get going i just i just want to let you know how awesome your podcast is and and i've listened to a bunch of them and they're i mean really you and i've been doing a lot of them but you're top shelf and you're extremely prepared tight ship you run so i'm excited to be here well thank Uh, you so much yeah i listened to uh carter uh the how i met your mother create co-creators last night. And I thought, I thought that was great too. It's been fun for me to listen to all different, um, kinds of writers, uh, on your show. And it's, it's fun because I do think probably my path is a little different, which is the, you know, the segue, uh, into things. And I did own a a college bar, uh, when I was (laughs) in college at Syracuse. Um, and, and yeah, and I had always wanted to write this book. All I need to know, I learned from my college bar. Uh, it's been baking since then, you know, and I thought in college, I thought I was going to be, you know, I really didn't know. I, w- I, w- I was hustling, trying to, you know, m- just trying to make my way. I was surviving, you know, dreams weren't <laughs> where I come from, you know, d- dreams weren't uh, something you pursued. You know, it was just like, how, how do I, how do I make it? You know, how do I stay alive? And that's the you know, the mindset I was in and I was just, you know, I was bartending every night. I was running this place. You know, I'd look at myself in the reflection in the, in the mirror behind the bar. And I would think, man, I cannot, 
I cannot do this the rest of my life. You know, I cannot, I don't want to be one of these people, uh, in here, you know? Um, and it's great for those people who are, but that wasn't me. And I always had this, you know, I always had a, a fire in my belly, this dream of writing, you know, of, of comedy writing specifically Dave Letterman, you know, I loved and Saturday Night Live and, you know, Chris Rock, all of those, you know, Sandler, all of those uh, people when I was growing up who, you know, the laughter helps you get through a lot of tough times, you know, and I thought, and I knew I had a funny bone, you know, everybody, everybody told me I was funny all the time, but it's so hard to believe Kelton because you're in it all the time. And it's so hard for me to believe now, but I did, you, you have to just try to understand I had no idea that there was an entertainment world. You know, I didn't know. I mean, I saw it, but the idea of a, a kid who grew up in Buffalo, New York, you know, I mean, I was born in a, you know, in an apartment above a hardware store in this little town in Buffalo called Lovejoy, which is an immigrant town. Um, when my grandmother died a few years ago, they sold her house, which I thought was a mansion, you know, uh, for $15,000, one five. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, you know, the idea of, Hey, there's Hollywood or you could earn a good living doing what you love never occurred to me. And, and that's why, you know, and that's why I, uh, decided, started to pursue that dream. You know, you, you said, how did it start? It was just being, you know, kind of discouraged looking in the reflection and thinking, I don't want to do this my whole life. I have nothing to, to lose by giving this a try. And I, and I got, you know, really lucky, you know, I don't know if it could happen today. I've always, I've always had faith too, though. I've been kind of guided spiritually. Uh, but I did call the Letterman show. I called Dave's show and, you know, I used to stay up late and watch him all the time. So that was kind of the dream, you know, like how could I, <laughs> how could, how could I get a job on the Dave Letterman show? You know, as crazy as that sounds, that's what I thought. You know, I thought, geez, you know, I'll get, I, I give it a shot and I called and I said, how do you get a job? I got, you know, somebody on the phone there and they said, oh, you got to have an agent. You know, is, is that why you're calling? You know, do you, do you, you know, do you know someone on the show? It was a very awkward conversation. <laughs> you can imagine I cold called, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, if we have a, luckily it was a polite person. And they said, you know, we have a joke list. If that's why you're calling, we pay a hundred dollars a joke. If you know one of the writers, you can be put on a list do you, is it, you know, do you know one of the writers? And I didn't, of course, I knew no one. Um, but that night, you know, hung up, you know, uh, and then uh, that night I watched the credits and I picked the name of a writer randomly <laughs> and I called back the next day and I said, Hey, I know this, this, uh, writer so-and-so said I could be on some kind of list about jokes. And uh, they said, Oh, we love that. We love that writer, you know, and we're going to send you a, a, a release. And they sent me the release. Thank God nobody checked. Wow, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, this is faxing. You know, this is right as emails. You know, this was still dial tone uh, emailing. The you know, you it, it wasn't uh, like now instant. Everybody instant. So I signed it and I started to to write jokes. You know, I mean, I I didn't know what they looked like, but I went to the store and would get the New York Post and the New York Times, and I started to write jokes and started to send them in, and they started to buy a lot of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's how I got in. Look, I mean, you know, when I think about that, it's unbelievable. You know, when I talk about it now, where I am now, where I'm sitting now, mm. but, you know, uh, you know, your podcast really, um, you know, has a lot of uh, elements of 
trying to be inspiring, I think, for anyone who might want to be getting into writing or anything that they're doing, you know, and I love anybody who goes after what they love, you know, if it's an athlete, if it's a painter, or if it's, you know, um, what, whatever that, uh, chefs, you know, you know, when someone's got that passion, you know, and I couldn't, you know, there, there, there was no not pursuing this for me. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So anyway, so, so I got lucky, you know, I, I started to, to sell a bunch of stuff uh, to them and they had called and they, um, you know, it was great timing because they were starting a new show in Los Angeles, uh, called the late, late show with Craig Kilborn. And I, and I met, uh, they had, they, they called one day and said, we want you to meet our producer, uh, a guy named Billy Kimball, who, uh, you know, he, he's a great, he's an incredible writer. He ran the Harvard Lampoon and he just won a bunch of Emmys for uh, Veep and the Simpsons. And he's a great guy. Um, and I went to go meet him in New York, you know, I dressed, dressed up in a suit and he showed up in ripped jeans and flip flops and, (laughs) (laughs) and, and, and Kelton, he said, we don't have any jobs. That's what he said. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to meet you. I ran the Harvard Lampoon. You have a unique voice. And now I had no idea what the Harvard Lampoon was, you know, I knew, I thought like mad magazine or something. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. He was very fancy, but I didn't know. And, uh, so you know, we don't have any jobs. And that, and that was it. I went, you know, I went back on the Metro North, uh, out of New York city, kind of crestfallen in, in my, in my new clothes. And, uh, then a couple of days later, I heard from a colleague of his that he, he wrote with Al Franken, a big Saturday night live guy. I couldn't believe 
that my <laughs> that, Al, that Al Franken was on my phone. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, he said, you know, I went to where, you know, I'm buddies with uh, Billy and, uh, you know, he went to Harvard, too. He goes, you want to meet? And I met him and he was looking for a writer. And then Kelton things just took off. You know, um, I met Al. It was unbelievable. But then the Late Late Show called and they said uh, they called on a Friday afternoon. Uh, I was back east and um, they said, you know, we're going to offer you a job on the Late Late Show. We're going to put you on staff. You have to let us know by the end of the day. And you'd have to move to Los Angeles, California by Sunday night because you'd start work on Monday. And I had just gotten engaged to, the, to my now ex-wife. Uh, and, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do other than, I, you know, I got to take this job. And she was, uh, you know, devastated because she didn't want to move to Los Angeles. She had a, a big, beautiful family there and, uh, in New York. And I had nothing to lose. So <laughs> we had our engagement party that Sunday. You know, I'm I'm going around telling everybody I got the job. It's very exciting. You know, repeating jokes. They, you know, it's unbelievable. And uh, and and she was uh, not not as excited. And um, you know, and then I moved out here, and that was it. And we we didn't stay married very long. Mm. Um, and I never saw her again. And uh, you know, she was. We were so young, and she was such a good person, and her family was so great. And then I started my Hollywood journey, you know, then I was out here, you know, like uh, 24 hours later, uh, you know, they move you out here. You know, it's all Writers Guild of America stuff. I had to join that and they put you in a hotel and they pay for your moving expenses and, you know, all all of those things. And I had never been to California. You know, they pick you up at the airport. You know, I don't, where, where are you, Kelton? (laughs) I'm in um, North Carolina. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I don't know, you know, the last time you've been to LA, but you get off that, you get off that, uh, plane, you know, in June gloom, I'd never been here. You know, they pick yeah. you up, they take you to the hotel and it was just, I didn't have a car. I didn't know anybody. Look, they were really cool at the show. Every one of the writers called me that weekend. So, so awesome. Everyone, wow. we can't welcome aboard. We can't wait to meet you. And we were all this young group from New York. You know, no, I don't think anybody was from out here. You know, we were all going to do this uh, together. And um, so anyway, yeah, so that was it. And, and it wasn't, you know, very long after that, the first few people I met were like George Clooney was a guest and Santa <laughs> Hayek was a guest, and George <laughs> Foreman and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, that was uh, sex in the city time, you know, and, and, yeah. and not to mention you've got musical guests all you know like a few times a week so you're meeting like the foo fighters you know it's like i mean on and and you know when you're taping you're 10 feet from them off stage you know really i mean it was a dream come true and it and it was unbelievable to me that it had happened so that's how i got in and then full speed ahead man you know i mean i just i stayed in that late night world a while you know i i wrote jokes uh not only you know for the late late show but then you know, I got introduced to the gang at uh, Saturday Night Live and, and wrote jokes for Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon uh, for Update. And I used to get my checks from Little Stranger, which is Tina Fey's company. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept all the stubs. <laughs> Matter of fact, I kept That's all awesome. the stubs from all the all the jokes that I sold early on. I, I have them all in a box and, it, and I love them, you know, and, and, and some of them I think are good luck. So um you know, and then, and then I, you know, went from that late night world, um, 
it was Al Franken who suggested I get in the sitcoms. And I was still in this place of, you know, I, I had just been so focused on the joke writing and doing the best job I could on the Late Late Show. I didn't know anything. And really just trying to, you know, where do I get groceries? <laughs> you know, I didn't, you know, I walking around everywhere. I mean, holy cow. It was such an awkward uh, transition. You, you're talking about a guy who owned a bar. Right. <laughs> you know, just a, just a, a few months before, and now I'm navigating all these Hollywood uh, personalities. But I just stay focused on my writing. You know, I really loved it so much. I really did truly find what I was meant to do. And uh, then Al said, "You got to get into sitcoms. You know, in movies, this is where you belong in the scripted world." And they have, you know, the Writers Guild out here has an unbelievable library with every script that's awesome, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. there's a, a great TV museum here with all the, you know, episodes to watch. And I would just go, you know, I would go as, as often as I could whenever mm -hmm. I had time. I'd spend days there just devouring scripts, you know, and uh, reading everything I could get my hands on. So much so there was this great librarian at the the wga the writers guild of america west uh, i still remember her name well i actually i don't might might have been karen lyons i'm not sure but <laughs> she was very disciplined you know you couldn't bring in beverages you know you can't take pictures of anything you can't write on it these are <laughs> these are these are really you know precious scripts you know these are oscar winners yeah. and emmy winners and and they're all in a beautiful case and uh i went so often that she had she 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 had a, a someone who helped her named Jimmy Bangley. I do remember his name, and, uh, <laughs> and I went to his memorial services after he passed. That's how close yeah. I got to these these people. But I remember once she gave me uh, the keys to the to the to the case to open the scripts. That's how often <laughs> I was there, and that was that was it. So you know, I just taught myself. You know, I'd bring a stopwatch to the TV museum and a legal wow. pad, and I would time how long scenes were, how, you know, how funny each page was supposed to be. I mean, it's so crazy when I think about it, you know, but that's what I was doing. And I wrote spec after spec after spec after spec. And, uh, you know, and then I, I got another lucky break. I gave a script to, a. Uh, a barber in Larchmont here in, La in Los Angeles. I mean, come on, it's it's funny when you say it out loud. <laughs> but this <laughs> this guy, you know, I went I I went to this barber shop in Larchmont, and I needed a new barber because my last barber had uh, Parkinson's, so I'd be getting these crooked haircuts. And oh my, my friend, God. my friend. <laughs> What? They'd say, what are, you, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, it's the only barber I know in Los Angeles. <laughs> and they said, you go to Larchmont. You'll love Larchmont. You know, it's old school. It's like New York, you know. And, and so I went, I went there and, I, and there was a picture of Ray Romano on this old school uh, barber's wall. The barber's name was Jerry Catone. He, he has since uh, passed, but he was Sicilian and an old guy. And uh, he had been there forever. And uh, so I get him my haircut and I you know, I, this is the first time I meet the guy and I see Ray Romano on the wall. I said, oh, Jerry, I said, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get into the sitcom world, you know, and that was the number one show at the time. Everybody loves Raymond. You know, I mean, it was, you know, it was getting 23 million viewers a week. Uh, they don't do that now. And uh, he said, you know, no, Ray doesn't come in here, but one of his producers does. And I said, is there any way you can make an intro? He says, no, no. He said, I can't, I can't get involved. He said, I cut people's hair and it's a very, 
you know, uh, it's a trusting place. Barbers can't really get involved with that sort of stuff. <laughs> but I, had, but I had given him a, a business card anyway. You know, I had a, a worldwide um, uh, trousers. You know, Dave Letterman has two com- had comp- two companies. I don't know if he still does. One was Worldwide Pants, and then another one, Worldwide Trousers, which he did for the Late Late Show. So I had my Worldwide Trousers card. And uh, Letterman was an executive producer of Raymond. So I thought I had a shot. Exactly. So I said, I said, you know, I had worked for Dave before and he took my card and that was it. And then um, some time went by. I was getting my hair cut. I think it was holiday time. I kind of remember Christmas. And he said, uh, you know, I don't know what it is about you, but uh, I decided to give your card to that producer. I've never done it before. Um, (laughs) And he he said, uh, he said, but the guy specifically told me there's no jobs, you know, there's no, there's no way you're going to yeah. sell anything. The show is over. You know, it had been on for like, I don't know, 12 <laughs> years. They had done 200 and whatever. I mean, it was, you know, just they're done. And he said, the, the, the best he might be able to do is have you come see a show uh, at some point. I had never been to a sitcom taping. You know, I'd been to the, the late night stuff, but never on a sitcom. And the guy calls me. Skelton, the guy calls me and he says, Hey, no he said, I've been, yeah, he said, I've been getting my haircut from Jerry for a long time. He's never bothered me about anything. He said, but he's <laughs> Sicilian and he specifically said he vouched for you. So he said, why don't you come see a show? And he said, and don't, don't bring me any scripts. I brought three scripts and, uh, <laughs> and I showed up and I meet him and he puts me in the audience and he says, I told you not to bring any scripts. He said, I'll take the top one. How does that sound? And I said, it sounds good. And I had, ri- I had written like every topical spec script you could, which, you know, if anyone doesn't know what that means, you know, they just like if a show's on TV, you write an example of what uh, that show could be today it's not a, as much like that but i'd written out of you know all the shows at the time you know like bernie mac and things i had everyone i had written many of them and so i wrote an old dick van dyke i thought oh that'd be fun i'll do something that probably every other writer in town isn't doing and uh, luckily that's the one he he took off the top and i, I you know some of these facts i don't remember quite right you know, it was a while ago, but I think he showed it to the creator, Phil Rosenthal, during the taping or had a conversation about it. Regardless of what happened, it, it did lead to when the show was over. Um, he said, you know, why don't you come up to the, you know, come up to Ray's dressing room. I think he'd like you and let's see what you got. If you used to work for, for uh, Ray, you know, for Letterman, let's see if you got, a, you know, some funny in you. And we punched up a script, you know, <laughs> it was, it was unbelievable. You know, all the, all the Emmy winning writers were in there you know the whole the 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 staff i remember it was really dark they had you know a light on in the corner and i remember meeting mike scully who uh you know was the showrunner of the simpsons he's still over there unbelievable and you know uh schneider mike royce and you know ray of course was there and all of these guys that i had studied um I couldn't even believe I was, and you know, there were probably, and, and I think Tucker was there. I mean, the whole room was, was full. So forgive me if I'm forgetting anyone, but it was, it was a while ago, but I remember being so honored and I couldn't even believe that it had happened. And, um, 
you know, and that's how, you know, that's how I got the introduction. Now there, there's other parts of that story. Um, you know, I know we, we don't have a ton of time, but you know, there are other parts of it and I'll, and I'll give you a very abbreviated version. So you, so you understand when I say I'm a, a guy of faith too, but it turns out that, um, my ex-wife's family, when I was back in New York, before I became a writer, you know, when I was in the college bar business, uh, they had a, a family friend who was a Franciscan nun. Her name was Sister Virginia. And I became very close with Sister Virginia. It was strange because it wasn't like my ex-wife was was very friendly with her, but she and I had kind of like a cool vibe together, you know? And um, so we became friends and she always encouraged me to be a writer, Sister Virginia. And when I got moved out here, she was very happy that, you know, that I got the job. And she used to always say, hey, you know, I know a writer in Los Angeles. She somehow had a connection from Schenectady, New York. You know, uh, she had a connection of somebody that, you know, was a writer here. And I used, you know, she's an 80-year-old nun. Yeah. So I, I don't know how valid that story was. <laughs> but, you know, Hollywood, baby, if you can believe this, it was that producer I met in that barbershop that she knew. And, no and it way. was way. And when I left the show that night this is unbelievable you know this producer called me a couple days later he goes you know you left he said and and me and ray were doing stand-up in schenectady new york a couple years ago and ray went and got some cannoli in a bakery and then he won his emmy and he became very superstitious you know about those cannoli and the baker from schenectady started to fedex him these cannoli on tape nights (laughs) And, and there was a note in there from a nun not long what? ago. Yeah. And, and it said she knew a guy who came, you know, a young guy came into LA and if we ever met him, please give him a meeting. And when you left, he said, is it possible that that's the guy? And he, and he said, you, you know, we looked, we found the note and your business card was in there. So you know, I got to go in and pitch. Oh, no. Yeah, I got to go and pitch, you know, right in under the line. The show was ending. And uh, and I went in and I pitched a very personal story uh, based on some, you know, I had really bad OCD as a kid. And uh, I, uh, one of the characters did something like that. You know, Brad Garrett played uh, Ray's brother, Robert Barone. And it, the episode was called Crazy Chin. And I did uh, I did sell that story. I sold it, you know, and and, and Phil submitted it. Uh, for Emmy consideration. And, you know, they kind of, they kind of brought me in over there and it changed my life, you know? So that's, you know, you say it in 20 minutes and it sounds kind of like a, you know, like a, an easy path, (laughs) you know, of a guy just kind of hustling and getting in, but Holy cow, man. I mean, you know, you just, you're just at it, trying everything. And, uh, but I will say that since then, since that break in, in uh, Raymond, things have been, you know, pretty steady, you know, and, and, and I am the only guy who, who wrote for everybody loves Raymond and everybody hates Chris. That's so cool though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chris Rock's uh, show, you know, about his youth, which was created by Chris Rock and Ollie Leroy. And, you know, Ollie is an an unbelievable writer and person and we became very good friends and we ended up doing a, a series after Chris called, are we there yet? Uh, which was a syndicated show with Terry Crews and Cube and um, Essen Sackins and Keisha, Keisha Sharp and um, Tiala Dunn. It was a really fun experience. Uh, shot a hundred of them in a year. And um, 
you know, and I've just been, I've been going and, and then during the pandemic, you know, I mean, I'm just TV, movie, TV, movie, you know, very focused love. I love what I do. I work and hustle just as hard now, probably harder as I, I did when I'm telling you when I first got in, you know, and, and, and whenever I talk to anybody who's kind of trying to get in, I tell them that I say, man, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta work hard because I've been, you know, I'm, I'm on the ladder and have been, you know, and I'm up there a little bit, you know, I've had some success. I've, you know, I'm, I live a really unbelievable life. I said, but that's what you're up against. <laughs> Cause I still, I'm still, I, I write every day, all day, you know, and I, and I love what I do and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to continue to do what, what I to do, what I do. And when the case in point, when the pandemic hit, what do you do? <laughs> so I wrote a book. I finally wrote, I finally, you know, what could I sell? And uh, I finally wrote all I need to know. I learned from my college bar, which are all these, you know, life lessons that I learned when I owned that college bar in college that helped me succeed, uh, and get into, you know, this business and continue to have, you know, life in it. And, you know, I had so much fun, Kelton, putting that book together, you know, so, so much fun. That seems like it. Um, it, it really comes through and it, it's, it's hilarious because I think it's the best of both your, you know, kind of described as your unique comic sensibility, but also your work ethic, which as you talk about it becomes very clear that, you know, um, as you said, you're, you're still kind of hustling and, and, um, you know, there's no quit in you. And, um, it's really cool. It's a really cool story. I mean, I think super inspiring for anybody who is kind of, um, you know, wondering how, how to get into the business. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, kind of a crash course in how, how hard you have had to hustle to get to where you are today and that you're still, uh, going at it, but, but congrats on the work. And this is a Thank lot you. of fun. Um, Thank you. all I need to know, I learned from my college bar is hilarious. And of course, you know, you, you kind of condensed, you do a condensed version of, of the story you just told us in the <laughs> intro, um, yeah. which I thought was very inspiring. But at the same time, you know, you've rubbed elbows with some truly talented folks out there in Hollywood and, and New York as well. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a cool book. And, and the story itself behind owning a bar in college is just fascinating that you were hustling in college, you're, you're literally running this place till you know, three in the morning. And, I, and I'll tell you from experience, I have also uh, managed a college bar. Um, <laughs> I, I actually grew up in Boulder, Colorado. So I was going to college bars in high school, of course. Yeah, of course. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, when you have a fake ID. And um, <laughs> but if you grow up in a college town and, and see you as a notorious party town still is to this day, I think, because, the you know, the kids literally will riot in the streets and like burn the city down once a year um, <laughs> because they get so hammered. That's right. But, but yeah, I mean, but this is these are really, you know, again, kind of this cathedral of knowledge, as you call it, of, you know, just kind of like the I don't know, there's there's there is something kind of spiritual about a college bar. You know, it's like your first experience away from home. And, and then all of a sudden there's this place where you can congregate and it's warm and and um, yeah, you, you do you do take some some important lessons away. I wanted to give you my th top three, but uh, it's so much so much fun stuff in here. And the illustrations are great. I mean, this is a truly truly talented illustrator as well, right? Antonio. Oh, Antonio Antonio Pena, unbelievable. You know, he contributes to the New Yorker. He's in Milan. He's so special. You know, I mean, the guy is so talented. 
he's so funny, does not speak English as his first language. I would send him these clip, this clip art, you know, the ideas of the joke. I mean, it was unbelievable. To Italy, I'd wake up in the morning and the illustration, you know, each page is an illustration. And, you know, our, our collaboration, I was a little worried because of the, the English not being the first language and the cultural thing. But his agent is this woman named Ella Lupo, and she's an, an agent for illustrators out of New York. She owns Purple Rain Illustrators, and she is all about art. And she believed in this book, Kelton, before, you know, anybody, you know, and I remember when I reached out to her, she said, just, I, you know, I read the tax, uh, you're going to sell this book. And she sent me a list of, you know, people that she thought might be good illustrators. And, you know, I owe her a lot. She, I mean, she's a big part of it now too. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're all enjoying the success and having fun together. But Antonio, man, he has a great work ethic too. You know, you can only imagine you know, uh, the work he had to do, you know, I'd be like, Oh, you know, yeah, that's the third draft of that drawing. But how about, how about one more? It could be a little funnier. I know I, I just say, look, Antonio, I get, I get it. I get it. But I'm, I really love the funny man. We got We got We got to really Amazing. make it pop, you know? <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, I, of course I'll link to all the things I would like to the publisher's website, um, obviously, uh, I will link to your IMDb so that listeners can get an idea of, of this fascinating uh, storied career that you've had in TV and film. And then um, you have a swag page. Let's see, collegebarbook.com, which I got to check out. I want uh, all the things. Um, <laughs> but uh, also a YouTube channel, which I thought was really cool to see some of these like celebs doing shout outs about things that they learned at their college bar. And um, I thought Tom Arnold's was especially... Oh, Funny. thanks for checking it out. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good ones. Um, it's just getting then, started, the College yeah, Bar Challenge. And for sure. Kelton, you told me you, you yeah. run in a college bar. You've got to do one for me. Yeah, okay. Right. So I actually had three, but I'll okay. do them really quick. So the first one was always over tip on your first visit. Always okay. over tip on your first visit because then you'll always get good service. <laughs> hands down. And I remember I remember this. You remember the bad tippers. You don't, yeah? <laughs> You remember that guy that forgot to tip you. You're like, oh, that fucking asshole. That's funny. I have a funny story right before we go. I'm going to tell you. Okay, just perfect. Just on that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it, it, the second one was the cocktail waitress doesn't really like you, even though she's flirting <laughs> with you. She doesn't like you at all. Okay. <laughs> that's great. That is great. And the third oh, one was. That's a genius one. We're, we're yeah. going to have to get that on film, Kelton. That's a genius okay. one. All right. Yeah. Um, if, if someone offers you on your 21st birthday, a free shot and it is a, it is described as a cement mixer, do not, do not accept, do not accept. (laughs) Oh, those are, those are great. I, I, I really love those, those last two, especially. So, so on the note of the tipping, but yeah, if you would please consider doing that second (laughs) one, the cocktail waitress on film Mm, mm -hmm. and sending it for the challenge. Yeah. 100. I'll email it over later today. But so, so I have an interview in Syracuse tomorrow for the paper, the Post Standard, and he says uh, I have a buddy. He said he remembers you. Uh, Do you remember Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember him when you were bartending? His name is Chris Connor. I think that was his name. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I could. I could be wrong. And I said, nah, you know, I said, Chris, it's a, it's a. His name is Chris too. I said, Chris, it's been a long time. I said I wasn't good at names then. I said, I'm not good, you know, now I, I, but I waited a second 
And just this was just so funny to me because I remembered this guy at the corner of the bar. I didn't remember his name or or anything like that, but I said Rolling <laughs> Rock. He used to love Rolling Rock. <laughs> and I remember the guy would always leave like 20 bucks, you know, right when he would get out, he would say, oh, keep the roll. And I thought, man, that is so funny that I remember the guy's drink, but not his yeah. name. 20 years later. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Truly. Truly. Well, this, has been, this has been so much fun, Kelvin. Yeah. I want to have you back. Um, Absolutely. Would you, do a, would you do a part two with us and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more pro- about process and kind of. Of course. Is there nitty, anything nitty, nitty, else nitty. now that you want to ask me or do you want to do it another time? I mean, I'll yeah, come back. I, of course, I would love to. I, no, I want to do. Um, well, first of all, you know, I mean, describe like, obviously you've, you've written kind of this, um, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not calling it a memoir, but it's kind of, yeah. a, it's kind of a memoir, but it's also, um, again, what we're describing as, you know, it, it's about, as you put it about, Thinking, not drinking, features text, hey, hilarious illustrations, go. yeah, high concept, life wisdom, humor book. Also tapping into your, again, kind of all of your life experience, but um, also, uh, yeah, talk about kind of um, your your process, kind of in a nutshell. Now, you said you're writing all day, every day. What does that What does that look and feel like for you? Yeah, you know, I hear you. I hear you ask that. You know, on the podcast, and I and I find it interesting. You know, because I mean, it's you know, I mean, that's, it's my job. You know, I mean, I, I get up, I, I, uh, you know, I work out and uh, I go for a run or I go to the Y here and, you know, I live in the, in a part of LA on the West side called the Palisades. And, um, yeah, and then I get to it, you know I mean? It's, it's just, I, you know, I've been doing it, uh, since I got that first job in 99, you know, I mean, I, I just, I sit down and I write, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I, I'm a worker, you know, and I think it served me. You know, coming from the world of business, you know, in the in the in owning the bars and stuff, and and you know, I had, I mean, I look, I mean, I'd been working my tail off as a kid. You know, things that today people really wouldn't understand, you know, and probably couldn't happen today. I had my own apartment when I was 16 years old in Buffalo. I was selling TV guides, and uh, I was a janitor at a AAA building after school, and that's how you know that's what I was doing, and it was. You know, I mean, look, funny, I think, comes from dark places, probably, you know, for me, it does anyway. So I got lucky that it turned into the funny. You know, I've done a lot of work on myself to understand that. But, you know, I was working hard since I was since I was a child, you know, and that work ethic has stayed with me. So you know, I get up and I and I write, you know, I take a break uh, for lunch. Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I might do another, uh, you know, quick hike or something. I try to always put my pen down at seven o'clock. There's a a really great, uh, there's a classical music station here that uh, does a transition at seven, and I, I keep it on in the background all day, lightly. And whenever I hear that transition, uh, you know, that's usually when I stop. You know, when I stop writing. I mean, sometimes right now. I know nothing about social media. I didn't, I wasn't even on social media until, you know, like two months ago. And I, and I've never <laughs> done debut book, be, you know, a book before this is the first one. So, uh, but yeah, when the, when the publisher suggested, Hey, you know, you, you know, can you do some social media? I was like, I don't have any accounts. I don't, I don't know what the, what the heck to do. And so I've been learning, learning it. And then I had this idea for the college bar challenge. So you know, we've been going through this storm here the last few days. And, yeah. you know, man, I've been having so much fun. You know, I'm calling my, you know, I call Al Franken. Al, 
I know this is out of the <laughs> box. I need you to do a college bar challenge for me. What is it? You got to say your name where it's, uh, you know, he does it. I got called, you know, I got called uh, Josh Radner, our our buddy of Craig's. Uh, yeah. Oh, I met your mother. Josh, I got a favor to ask you. But, you know, and uh, you know, it's fun <laughs> for me. You say the swag thing. I thought, you know, I'm going to put up a, I'm going to put up a thing. I mean, when I had Maggie's, man, that staff shirt, people would offer yeah. me anything for a staff shirt. What do you want for a staff shirt? <laughs> They're not for sale. I give you anything, you know, I can't <laughs> give it to you. Cause I know what you're going to do. You're going to put it on and cause a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> you're sure. And you're going to say you work here. No. <laughs> so, so I thought, Oh, I'll sell staff shirts. I'll, you know, and, and I went on to the Syracuse alumni uh, network, you know, and I did a little, you know, this is fun for me. I've never done it, you know, and, yeah. and we're, and we're picketing. So it's like, I pick it right now. You know, you, I also get up probably three, four hours earlier than normal get everything I need done, done. Then I go, uh, I have a neighbor who I just uh, wrote a movie with. His name is David Tooley. He's an unbelievable writer and director. His first movie was The Fugitive uh, with Harrison mm. Ford. He's, he's mm-hmm. older than me, but we, we, we've become friends and we just wrote this really cool movie together. So we go, we go to each different lot and, uh, you know, we do that for a few hours. Then we come back and I get, you know, I get right back to it. So it's, and then on our, you know, the storm here hit. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just, you know, I was just thankful the internet stayed up because I needed to change <laughs> some stuff online about the, the social media and the swag and the, you know, so, man, I am always, I'm always at it and, uh, still hustling. Know, yeah. It's just, it's, it, I love what I do. And I, and you know, Kelton, I love LA. I love it. I mean, being from, yeah. from Buffalo, I just love it. So process, I write. That's it. You know, I, I don't need anything. I need, I need, you know, I need a, a pen. Uh, a, you know, I need some electricity. So my laptop works. <laughs> That's it. As long as I have that. Matter of fact, I almost went and bought a, uh, a backup generator for my laptop in case the, no the storm took out the energy. So I, you know, I'm not a process guy. I've heard cool things on your show. You know, I like candles. I do this. I need, Oh, that's the other thing. I need, I need two <laughs> things. I need electricity and I need caffeine. There you go. I was going to ask coffee, I, right? Coffee, man. That that's it. And I, and I try to stop at three small cups or I talk even faster than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> LA has some great coffee. Uh, next time when you, so when you come back, we'll talk about more, a little bit more about LA and the lore yeah. and Hollywood and everything. Um, and maybe hopefully Love we Hollywood. can talk about strike. Obviously the writers have been on strike for like about a hundred days plus now. Is that right? That's right. Writers, you know, and SAG has joined. I mean, the energy is unbelievable. But, you know, everybody's pretty optimistic, I think, that uh, the negotiations are, are are moving along and, you know, hopefully in the right direction. For sure. Well, we, we can talk about that when you come back. We can talk about it. Like, I did live in L.A. for five years. All right. And I, wor- and I worked probably in some restaurants that you've eaten at, which was a, a kind of a mainstay that did, uh, it was like the first Napolitana um, brick oven pizza like certified brick oven like they brought the brick from you know italy and i uh, <laughs> lived there for five years would love to talk about the lore i also worked in a restaurant in the golden triangle there that would be beverly hills uh sure. called da vinci and it was the spot where dean martin ate every night oh, he, had his, baby. he had his own booth and when he passed uh they put up a, bl- a black velvet painting oh that's cool over what's the this bar. place called what's it called <laughs> it was called da vinci uh, 
Da Vinci, Ristorante Da Vinci. I love it. Uh, hey, I, I yeah. picked the church I go to because they said uh, Sinatra had his memorial services there, the Good Shepherd oh. Church in Beverly Hills. So I get, yeah. I get it. There's a great, there's a great chocolate shop in Beverly Hills. I, lo- I love a restaurant over there on Cannon, and I, and there's a chocolate shop, old school, and they have these chocolates called the Dean Martin, the Frank Sinatra, and the, yeah. I, I guess there used to be a martini bar right across from it, and they'd go in, they'd get a couple chocolates yeah. and get their martinis and enjoy. Yeah. So the I think the lore was that Dino ate, ate, ate every night at Da Vinci, and then right down the way was a was a competitor. Dolce, Dolce Vita, which is where uh, Frank Sinatra would eat, and so they had their like dueling, like you know, little martini bars. Good life, man. Yeah, it was. You can cool. live a good life here in LA. <laughs> Lots of fun lore. I want to have you back. Talk about all the things. Absolutely. Um, what, Absolutely. What your ne- next adventure is going to be? Hey, we'll I, do, do I, I love those two. guys so much. I even, you know, Sinatra had a place out in Palm Springs. It's unbelievable, yeah. fantastic place. You know, I I bought a place out there too. I <laughs> just, just, for, just, I was that, I was that attracted to it. And, yeah. uh, you know, that energy I'd sold it right before, uh, we, we hit the pandemic, but I had it a few years and it was, it was a ton of fun, but you know, his place out there, Sinatra's, you know, he had like a train, you know, he had like toy trains set up and, yeah. and I yeah. follow his restaurant path out there, uh, too. So I love <laughs> good food. Love cool. good food. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have lots more to talk about. Okay. Um, it has truly been a pleasure, Adam. Best of luck um, with things moving forward with the book. Obviously, we'll link to all the things, the socials. and I appreciate um, it has, that. It's been a pleasure um, getting to hear your truly inspiring story, and I want to have you back, so we'll talk again soon. I look forward to it, and I look forward to seeing your video. I'm not letting you off the hook. <laughs> okay. and, and I really appreciate you having me on, and you know, it was really fun, and I love what you're doing here. So thanks so much. Uh, a lot of gratitude to you. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.